Hello and welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I am a New York attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, knowing how to respond to the question, can you keep a over the following weeks and months, I'm going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing with you not only how you can get a copy of my new book, but I'll also inform you of some upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact me to have your questions featured in a future episode of the show. We can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. So we can talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about mail order brides. I was having a look through social media and I came upon an article with regards to men who have been duped into mail-order brides from the Philippines or Russia. And they described how some of the women that they met and married would do the house chores, but would be depressed. One woman was actually described as having multiple humidifiers in the house so that she could recreate the temperature of her homeland. Another mail-order bride was described as treating sex as a duty, as though it was another chore. Another woman was described as looking depressed, not engaging with anybody, doing the chores, but sitting there staring at the walls. Now, it's interesting because when I think about male-order brides, I think about women in impoverished countries, third-world countries, who desire to get a green card, who desire for a better life, without realizing that money does not create happiness. If that was the case, we would not have celebrities taking their own lives. Now, I looked into the case of Anastasia King. Anastasia King, she came from Kazakhstan. I believe that's the correct pronunciation. She was a male-order bride, the only child of her parents. Now, her parents placed a lot of responsibility upon Anastasia because they wanted her to be able to accomplish things that they would never be able to do so. In other words, they wanted to live their life through their daughter. Now, they heard about mail-order brides through a family member who was married through this means, and therefore they placed undue pressure on their daughter to also try it out. In the article that I found online, the mother of Anastasia says how she was blinded, that she trusted Anastasia's husband, and that in that way, in trusting him, in believing all that he said, all that he promised, they made a decision that would change the course of their lives, that of Anastasia and her parents. Anastasia was a male order bride, it says in the article, and she is one of 4,000 to 6,000 women who come to the U.S. every year to marry a complete stranger. It's interesting because I have a friend, I won't say what country they're from, but they're from a third world country. And they told me how they'll be traveling overseas today, in fact, traveling overseas 
for the purpose of spending time with a Westerner. Now, this girl, she's around 24 to 26 years of age. And when she told me she was traveling back to the West, I asked her why. I said, I don't understand why you would leave your home country and travel overseas during a pandemic and during what is a lockdown from many parts of the world. Many parts of the world have actually gone into the second wave, which has led into the second lockdown. And when I saw on Facebook a picture of her on an airplane, it bothered me a lot. Now, the thing is, as there is that saying, you can take a horse to water, but you cannot force it to drink. Knowledge is power. And despite the knowledge that a person may have, when you communicate that to somebody with rose-tinted glasses, they have the free will to adhere to your advice or not. And no matter how well-meaning you are, there is nothing to say that they're going to do what you've suggested when they'd much rather go with their heart's desire or their mind's desire. Now, this friend of mine, as I said, is between the ages of 24 to 26. I asked her her age recently and I've forgotten, but I believe she's around 24 to 26 years of age. And this Western man that she has met, having visited him previously in his home country, she told me that he's in his 50s, I believe. He's a lot older than her. And I've seen pictures on Facebook of the two of them together with family members. Now, when she was over in the West at that particular time, she told me how he would not allow her to go out because he was concerned for her safety because of the lockdown. Now, for me, that just sounds like controlling. I, d I understand you may be concerned, but from where I stand, so long as you abide by the laws of that particular country, wearing a mask, wearing gloves, using sanitizer, keeping a distance, whatever laws exist, there is no reason to stop you from leaving the house. In fact, I was thinking recently about how staying indoors, not interacting with other human beings, can definitely have an impact on a person's mental well-being and mental health. And I say that because due to my own choice, I've been staying in the house full time for about the last month or so. I've gone out once or twice, but I'd say in the last three weeks or so, I may have left the house twice. And in fact, in the span of seven days, I didn't leave the house at all. And in not going out, I realized that it's starting to affect me because don't get me wrong, I'm not losing the will to live, but I don't have a lot of motivation. And so most of my time, if it's not spent practicing and learning Tagalog, Filipino, it's spent procrastinating, scrolling through things on Facebook. Now, as a qualified chef, I love food. I'm very passionate about food. And so when I see these five minute or seven minute or three minute videos with food, pictures, recipes, of course, I will watch those. And those videos are informative. They're educational. They're inspiring. In fact, many of these videos on baking have inspired me because of my passion to open a bakery and hire ex-convicts. However, I have the option to go out, but I choose not to. Now, currently where I am, there are no restrictions on me going out whatsoever. And even when I'm in the UK, there are no restrictions per se in the sense of you can leave your house. Unlike other countries where you are on curfew, where you cannot leave, in the United Kingdom at this current moment in time, you can leave to exercise, you can leave to buy groceries, you can leave to purchase DIY equipment. In other words, you have the capacity to leave. You can leave to purchase takeaway. 
so you're not restricted to your house and i think realistically speaking if we were restricted to our houses where we couldn't leave then it'd be a very different story from what it is currently when i say that if we think about this young lady and this man that she's with when he says he's concerned for her safety does it even sound logical think about it every country has different laws but the country that she's in there is no law forbidding her from leaving the premises in some of the pictures i've seen her with him and the family and he's a much older man and i try to talk sense to her and say that you know this guy doesn't love you he just wants to sleep with you men from the west go over to these countries and pick up women like yourselves who's very young he just wants a domestic wife and she said it's not like that no no matter how much i may try to convince her no matter how much i might use my expertise and experience of working with victims and survivors of trafficking abuse domestic violence it's falling upon deaf ears because she's got back on a flight to go to the west and she told me that she plans to return back to that country again in 2021 and stay for 6 months she wants to move there it seems because she's having a hard time in her home country i don't understand that at the end of the day the reason why we are what we are is because we were born to parents of that ethnicity and i understand if in a place like russia or even the philippines maybe even india parts of africa when you come from poverty you aspire to leave that poverty you aspire and desire for so much more but it is sad that there are people like my friend who will make excuses that it's too difficult in my home country right now so I'm going to go to a foreign country where I don't really belong now I don't say that in a way as if foreigners should not come in that's not my point foreigners should come and go as they please but if you are coming from a country that is a hotbed is a hot spot for the virus you coming into the UK places local people places tourists who cannot leave places residents at risk because you may have indeed have the virus and you're going to bring it into this country now the thing is it's very difficult for us on the outside of a situation to know what it's like to be on the inside growing up in a place like the united kingdom we have a lot available to us free healthcare free education we have a lot available when you come from poverty that is not the case and so there are people like my friend and anastasia who see the lure of the west to see the lure of the US to UK Australia New Zealand and they aspire and desire to live there without realizing when they move away from their home country from family from friends from everything that they know to the other side of the world that they're entering into a situation that will not be completely agreeable to them we all have fairy tales when you're young and single and a female you have a fairy tale dream of this wonderful wedding the reality is that may not be the case when things come around you may get pregnant at sight of marriage you may become a single mother you may never get married or you get married later on in life at the end of the day we all have desires but some of those desires will end up making our lives spiral out of control and i say that because i've seen women when i've traveled in the uk i've seen these women i've seen these women on flights at airports and even when i was traveling on a vegan cruise a vegan cruise in europe it was a boat along the river and i saw a very 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 young asian girl with a very very old american man and if i remember correctly he was with her and her child or their child i should say to be correct and i think i think he may have been with others i think he may have been with others 
or if that's not the case, either conversation was had and it became apparent this was not his first marriage. And I believe that he has children probably the same age as this young lady. When I've been in the Philippines, I've been to vegan restaurants and I see very young women with very old men. And this upsets me a lot. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. It bothers me. But I cannot give them what this man can give them. And what I can certainly tell you, he's not giving them love most of the time. He's giving them restrictions. He's giving them chores to do. He's giving them a roof over their head and maybe an allowance if they're lucky. But many of these women enter into these marriages expecting to be rich. And that is very far from the case. In fact, I know of someone else who married a foreigner. Country specifics are irrelevant, but they told me when they married the foreigner, they had the impression that the foreigner was rich. In fact, that's not the case. The foreigner, by his own admission, had mental health issues and he lived a troubled past, I guess you could say. He's now changed. He's become a Christian and, and they're married and, and supposedly happily married. But the fact is that when she got married, by her own admission, the wedding dress was peanuts. Let's say that the wedding dress in her country, if they're expensive, they would cost 300 pounds. If they're mid-range, they would cost 150. And if they were cheap, they would have cost 50. Her wedding dress would have been around 40 pounds. In other words, it was cheap. And so for me, if I was that bride and my dress is that cheap, I would know from the wedding, from the wedding, not the wedding day, from the wedding, the preparations leading up to, I'm not marrying a wealthy man. And we need to understand that when a person has never left their country, has never been overseas, they're going to have a false impression that the land is paved with gold and that we're all rich. This is not the case. Anastasia growing up in Kazakhstan in poverty probably sees these American movies, has the American dreams. Her parents push her into this. And so along with these other four to six thousand women, she enters into a contract with an agent or through a website, whichever means, so that she can become a mail order bride. Now, these women, they're looking for financial economic security. Some of them, and that's an important word, some of them find love, but, but that's few and far between. On the contrary, many of them end up becoming victims of domestic violence, victims of abuse, and many of them are unhappy, like the lady I described, who appears depressed and stares at the wall. Or what about the lady who places humidifiers around the house to recreate the temperature? I'm going to assume that she's trying to recreate the heat. I'm thinking the Philippines here, because realistically speaking, why would somebody want to recreate the cold if they were coming from Russia or Kazakhstan? Now, the thing is, with Anastasia, she did not realize that this dream that her parents had for her was going to take her life. And I mean literally take her life. Having found out that a relative had succeeded in becoming a male order bride, her parents got Anastasia to sign up for the very same deal. She was receiving letters and that was quite immediate. There was not a long wait between her signing up as a male order bride and receiving these letters. She receives one particular letter from a man called Indy King. And he was incredibly persistent. He would write, he would call. And then in December 1997, he visited Kazakhstan for the very first time. He was very well educated. He had an MBA from the University of Chicago and was from a well-to-do family in Seattle. He had a nice sense of humor 
and he promised Anastasia so much that he swept her off her feet with all of these dreams and truth be told, empty promises. Three months after meeting Indy in Kazakhstan, Anastasia flew to the United States for a visit. Now, this is in 1997, and we know, of course, immigration is becoming more difficult as we speak. Things in the old days, and 1997 wasn't that long ago, but things in the old days were a lot easier. In fact, I recently applied for a job in the United States. I had my first interview of three. Four months later, I still had heard nothing from the organization. When I reached out, they told me that unfortunately they could not sponsor me for employment because their previous employee that they had sponsored was being deported and they tried to re-sponsor him but to no avail. Can you imagine? Anastasia meets Indy King. Three months later, she's on a flight to the US. How is it that simple when somebody like myself, a qualified attorney, a qualified US attorney, could not even get sponsored and a person who was indeed sponsored gets deported? That doesn't make sense. We're not coming over into the U.S. for marriage, for love. We're coming over to the United States for the purpose of adding to the economy for work purposes, not to commit crimes, not to commit fraud, not for love, but to add into and to contribute into society. Things have, of course, changed, and it is not as easy as it was. A month after Anastasia arrives in the U.S., on the 30th, that's 30, 30th of April, 98, she marries Mr. King. That is when everything went downhill. The honeymoon ended shortly thereafter. Anastasia, when communicating with her parents, should complain that her husband wanted to know where she was every minute of the day. Now that straight away is a red flag because that is control. In fact, I have a friend who told me that her boyfriend, who she met of the internet, that he messages her and asks her where she is and who she's with. And she likes that. She finds that caring. Now, my friend is around 24. She's very young. And so when she says that to me straight away, I have red flags and I see control. I say very young, not to sort of give you guys an idea as to my age. I never do that, but very young in the sense of maturity. I could be 25 and a half. I don't mean very young in the age gap. I mean very young in her understanding. According to her, she's only had one relationship prior to this guy off the internet. And so therefore, her lack of experience in account with her ethnic origin and the fact that in her culture, dating around would not be condoned it be frowned upon so therefore 24 two relationships the first one didn't work out very well because he would have rather married somebody of a different ethnic origin than her own but his family would never approve because of racism in that particular culture meets the guy of the internet who is controlling now from where i stand from what she's communicated it is not controlling to a concerning degree at this point however control is control and she also made reference to him communicating with a female friend and, and she doesn't like that. At the end of the day, everyone will speak differently and think differently about a man having female friends and a woman having male friends. But what I will say personally is that the world is made up of men and women and that if we do things in a way that is appropriate, I don't see the harm in communicating with people of the opposite gender. For me personally, if a guy tells me I cannot talk to men, I would have a problem because 99% of my friends are male. And 98% of them are married. And so for me personally, if I was to get rid of all my male friends, I'd be left with none. 
if that makes sense. We have to understand when a person is controlling, it's coming from somewhere. Is it coming from doubts, fears? Is it coming from a valid place? Not valid in the sense of what is being done, but valid in that there is a reason for this person to behave that way. Now with Mr. King, I don't know if valid is the most appropriate word, but what I can say, this was not his first marriage and this was not his first male order bride marriage. In fact, with his previous wife who he divorced, he ended up being 50,000 US dollars out of pocket. And so therefore, in this second marriage, divorce would not be an option. So with Mr. King, him and Anastasia, they would argue frequently. He wanted children. She was not ready. Mr. King marries Anastasia, who is many years younger than him. She was in her 20s. He was about twice her age. And so he's placing undue pressure on this young girl who has come over to the United States to make a better life for herself. Now, Anastasia, she felt that, you know what, this is difficult. However, I'm able to support my family. I'm able to, to send money home and to look after my mother and father. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't even be here, quite frankly. And so she supports them, but at a huge expense. Anastasia, she would actually spend time working as a restaurant hostess, as a waitress, and amidst studying at the University of Washington. She had an impression of her husband that was really not the reality. Her husband was not as well off as he'd made her believe. In fact, things were so tight that they actually had boarders living in their home. Two years into their marriage, by the summer of 2000, it was a warfare, according to Anastasia's mother. Anastasia, she was having extramarital affairs, I guess you could say, and she was actually keeping a list of her husband's transgressions. She had a safe deposit box, and inside there, she kept documentation of the things her husband would do to her. He threatened her with physical force, with violence. That's emotional abuse, psychological abuse. He also sexually abused her. That is domestic violence. Again, he forced her to have sex without her consent. That would be rape, marital rape to be exact. And he stopped her from going to a counselor. Of course, as a result of what she was going through, Anastasia became depressed. In 2000, August month, she returned to Kazakhstan and she visited with her parents. Her husband joined her a month later. They both returned September 22, 2000 to Seattle. And that is in fact the last time Anastasia was ever seen alive. Her husband made various various uh, stories, I guess you could say, of, I don't use the term allegations, he used various stories as to where his wife was. He would give different accounts as to where his wife may have disappeared to. However, he, what he had actually done is he'd taken his own wife's life with one of his boarders, David Daniel Larson. Daniel Larson, 21 years of age. The two of them worked in unison to suffocate, manual suffocation, asphyxiation, and Anastasia died. He cut off her hair and put her in a shallow grave in an Indian reservation 25 miles away from his property. The jury found him guilty, which is a good thing, and so he was placed in prison. It is really sad to think about what has happened to Anastasia. She followed in her 
parents' direction, not in their footsteps because they're married and they're living in Kazakhstan as happy as they can be in the circumstances, but she followed in her parents' advice. Her family member had been a male order bride. She decides to do the same thing. Unfortunately, that was to her peril. Now, every story does not always end this way. Quite often, in fact, the stories end where the marriage ends in divorce, there is domestic violence, there is abuse, or even one woman was married. She was a male order bride. Her husband eventually discovered that she was sending money home. Well, that's not too much of an issue, right? Because after all, she does need to support her family. But what the husband did not realize is his Filipino bride was supporting her own husband, not her ex-husband. Now, OFW is a very Filipino term, overseas Filipino worker. They have a term for that. When an American goes overseas or an English person goes overseas, there is no term for that. With the Philippines, it's OFW, overseas Filipino worker, because this is a huge thing. When you go to the airport, you will see various documentations that need to be completed by OFWs. OFW is a thing. And so, in other words, we could even perceive that this wife was indeed an OFW because she most likely was a domestic wife. That means that she does the cooking and the cleaning, has sex with her spouse, and in return for that, he will provide her upkeep. The US, the UK, the West may appear to be the dream, but really it is not. When we're overseas with all our money, we appear to be rich like kings and queens or God's small g. But the reality is that we really are not very wealthy. We have bills, we have tax, we have responsibilities. But for those who do not understand what the life is like for us in the West, they will assume we are rich. People think I'm rich all the time. It drives me insane. I may travel the world, but that is not because I'm rich. It's because I save the little money I have. I'm able to travel on a budget and I book things well in advance. If I tell a person a flight is 500 pounds round trip, when they convert it to their own currency, it sounds like a lot of money. But in the UK, let's say you have a decent salary. You're earning at least 1,000 or more pounds per month after tax. And of course, if you spend your money well and you save your money well, you're able to do a lot of things despite not being a millionaire or billionaire. At the end of the day, people are lured into life, lured into different things, different paths as a result of what they see. But the reality is very, very different. I just discourage you guys, don't purchase a wife on the internet. Do not get yourself involved in a male order bride purchase. Number one, human beings should not be bought and sold. Number two, do you really believe you can buy a woman's love? Do you really believe that this person is going to love you? Because usually they're not loving you. They're loving what you can do for them and for their family. They're loving the paycheck. They're loving the bank balance. They're loving the freedom, the privilege that is afforded to them by marrying a Westerner. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education. And when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse, it enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book. Can you keep a secret? You can follow me, message or email me so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another and this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life but also that of the people around you. You can find all my contact details on my website 
changingcases.org. That's changingcases.org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. There are victims and survivors in your world. You just don't know it. But if we can all be educated, then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode.